welcome to the Mash of Dinner Monsters for Sports Gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and um, some things have happened since the last episode, and we're going to talk about it, because, you know, the entire point of this show. So first, obviously, the championship rounds of the NBA playoffs have been set, the conference championship rounds. Celtics Heat, Mavericks Warriors. And whew, that um that that final game by the Suns, that that game 7 by the Suns, when they had home court against a team that just looking at the track record of this series doesn't really play defense. I mean, they kind of did in the last two games. They held them. They held them under a hundred both times, which uh, is shocking if you look at the scoreline of the first. If you look at the scorelines of the first five, that the the Mavericks held this Suns team under a hundred points three different times in this series. Yeah, under a hundred points three different times. In game one, two, three, in and then in game six and seven. So yeah, three different times they held them under a hundred points. This was actually a higher scoring effort by the Suns than in game six. Like, not by much. It's by four points, but they also gave up ten more. So. uh that's still uh what a a six point swing in the in the Mavericks' favor between six and seven. So yeah, that was uh that was just awful. Uh yeah, seventeen points in uh in the first quarter, ten in the second, a grand total of twenty seven in the first half, which I'm pretty sure. Uh, Luka Doncic on his own scored in the first half. So, uh, not, not a great look for the Suns. I mean, we kind of knew this was coming. It's, it's kind of the Chris Paul special. As great as Chris Paul is, whatever team he's on just can't get it done in the playoffs. And I know it's the ultimate what if of like, oh, what if David Stern didn't block his, uh, block his trade to the Lakers all those years ago when he ended up going to the Clippers instead. Given the fact that uh, since then he's been on the Clippers, the Rockets and the Suns, he's been on three different teams and they have done this every single time. Has, has Chris Paul been on any other teams that I'm forgetting about? I don't think he has. Let's see. Chris Paul. He started, he started with, he would have started with New Orleans. He would have started with the, the New Orleans Hornets. Uh, they were still the Hornets back then. Oh yeah, the Rockets, the, the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Suns. The Clippers, the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Suns. And um, they've never, they've never won anything. Like, the, fa- the failed Lakers trade. The NBA who owned the Hornets at the time nullified the deal 
because Commissioner David Stern claimed New Orleans would be better off by keeping Paul. On December 12th, the Hornets agreed to a trade sending Paul to the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, like that was that was such a weird time. It was I forgot it was right before Christmas. But it was. Like it was it was right before Christmas of 2011. Like what a weird what a weird couple weeks that was when like everyone thought, "Oh my god, the superstar is is going to the Lakers." And this is the 2011 Lakers. They were still good. <laughs> like Kobe was starting to slow down a little bit, but he was still Kobe Bryant. And the NBA just shut it down. And then like a couple days later, he goes to the Clippers and you have that famous video of Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan finding out that Chris Paul is coming to the Clippers and you get the beginning of Lob City and you get all this other stuff like makes Blake Griffin's stock go way up. But if he had gone to the Lakers, like, what were the what were the twenty eleven twelve? What were the what was there? What was there? What was the twenty eleven Lakers season like? I don't even remember. The twenty eleven Lakers, not twenty ten eleven. I want twenty eleven twelve. I want eleven twelve. Let's see. They finished forty one and twenty five, third in the West. And they went to the conference semis and lost to the Thunder. So, yeah, this was also, that's the thing. Uh, this was a very old team. <laughs> this was a team that was like, like the youngest, the youngest guys with any kind of real playing time were like in their late 20s. <laughs> Because Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes would have been uh, 32 by the end of the season. Same as Steve Blake. Kobe was 34. Uh, Andrew Bynum would have been 25. But then he got injured. Uh, Pal Gasol was also 32 or 31 at the end of the season because he's got a July birthday. And then the rest of these guys, you had Metal World Peace who is no, he's younger than Kobe. I was like, is he actually older than Kobe Bryant? No, he's, he's younger by about a year, but a year and a half actually. But I don't think this team would have been much better if they had Chris Paul. Like, yeah, Steve Blake's coming off your bench at that point. Like he's your, he's your bench point guard instead of, instead of a starter. But like, that's it. And given, you know, the past 11 years, what what tells you that Chris Paul would have done anything different with that, with that Lakers team? Like, that's... It, it's the ultimate what-if in sports, but I don't think much would have changed. I think the Lakers still would have started their decline around that same time. Cause they, they like drop, they started to drop off the following season. Cause they just had really, they had an absolutely stacked team, but it was a very old team. They had a lot of bad luck with injuries and it just kind of, 
snowballed from there. Like that was, I don't know how much Chris Paul changes. I, I really don't know how much Chris Paul changes with that team. But that was, you know, the NBA of 11 years ago. So who knows? Like, who knows what kind of butterfly effect that creates? But still, I, given what I know of the NBA over the last 11 years and like what Chris Paul has accomplished in that time, I don't know if that, if that changes all that much. Like he's on the Lakers. And you never get, you never get Dunk City. You probably never get uh, the DeAndre Jordan poster. Like Blake Griffin probably never comes to anywhere near the same level of national prominence he had in this timeline, in this version of events. But like it doesn't affect the Lakers that much. I think it affects the Clippers. Like the Clippers don't become. Like, the Clippers stay even more the little brother than they currently are. Like, they're still technically the little brother to the Lakers. But, like, they have their own arena now. They're not sharing Staples Center. Because, honestly, you probably don't get Magic Johnson going to that game and you don't get the recording of the Clippers' original owner revealing that he's a massive freaking racist. Like, honestly, the team that changes the most from that Chris Paul trade not happening is the Clippers, not the Lakers. Like, the Lakers' trajectory doesn't change all that much because Kobe was coming to the end of his career. He he had, he had what, three years left? Because he retired in... Uh, now, four years left, because he retired in 2015-16. Kobe had four years left in the NBA before he retired. Uh, Andrew Bynum just decided he didn't want to play basketball anymore. Like, I don't know how much that changes. I feel like maybe the Sixers would be better off because they never would have... Uh, they never would have... <laughs> The Sixers are probably a lot different too because they probably never make the trade for Bynum. Which never kick-started the process, which means they never draft Ben Simmons. I mean, they don't draft Embiid. But they also never draft Simmons or Fultz or Nerlens Noel or Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> and they just have Drew Holiday this entire time. Oh my god. I don't want to think about this timeline anymore because the Sixers are probably way better off in that timeline, even though they don't have Embiid. Like, what if the Sixers have Giannis in that timeline? I know that's crazy, crazy thinking, but like, it sets off a chain of events where the Sixers probably aren't as bad for a few years there and they fall down in the draft and... You know, the process doesn't happen and maybe they take Giannis. I made myself sad with that one. Like, can I go to that timeline instead? <laughs> the Sixers have probably won a championship there. <laughs> like, can I, can I, uh, can, can I like, uh, Multiverse of Madness spoilers, can I dream walk into that universe just for a second so I can experience the Sixers still potentially still being alive in the playoffs? And, uh, 
on their way to who knows a, a second, third championship in the last few years. You know, just just to see what would happen. Just to see what it's like. Maybe the Flyers and the Orioles are good in that timeline too. But back to back to the modern NBA. Uh the Suns choked. The Suns choked bad. And God, they're poor fans. Like Man, look at some of these numbers. Aiton had five points. Bridges had six. Crowder had five. Booker had 11. And Paul had 10. Meanwhile, Luca had 35. Brunson had 24. Dinwiddie had 30. And uh, that's most of the scoring. (laughs) That's most of the scoring. Everybody else was in single digits. Everybody else who scored points including the other starters were in single digits. Powell, Powell Bullock and Dorian Finley Smith combined for 16. Dwight Powell had six. Reggie Bullock had five and Dorian Finney Smith had five. The three of them combined for 16. Meanwhile, Luca Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie combined for what 84 plus 35 is uh no not not 84 uh 54 plus 35 is uh, 89 <laughs> they combined for 89 points so yeah that's uh that's how the sun series went um i think much like the early games in the in the sun series this western conference final series will have very little defense. Uh, the game will be over by the time this episode comes out, but the total for game one between the Mavericks and the Warriors is 214 and a half. Um, responsibly hammer that one, you know, people of the future who will hear this after this game is over. Dang, don't have the line. Don't have the line for game two yet. <laughs> But uh, whatever the over is in game two, responsibly hammer that shit. There's going to be, there's going to be very little defense in that game. (laughs) Vegas always knows two fourteen and a half is, uh, what was the line? What was the line in this one? Two Oh three and a half was the line in game one for, for heat Celtics. Um, Surpass that. Ended up with 225 as as the total and an 11-point win by the Heat because uh, the Celtics just kind of forgot they were good at basketball in the third quarter. Managed a whopping 14 points because, let's be honest, like the Heat are really good. I kind of want Jimmy Butler to win a title since the Sixers are no longer alive. And then uh, once Jimmy Butler wins wins a title, uh, the Sixers can get down on their knees and beg him to come back and, again, fire James Harden and Glenn Rivers into the sun and bring in a real coach. Because you, you can get rid of James Harden and clear up enough cap space for uh, for Jimmy Butler now. Now, now you get now you get Jimmy Butler. And Tobias Harris. 
And you don't have to worry about Ben Simmons. Yeah, again, more just Sixers fan wishful thinking. I'm still I'm still grieving that playoff loss. But I think I think the Celtics are out of gas. Coming back from down 2-0 against the reigning champs. Right where you are the higher seed, like you did get game seven at home, but eh, I don't know. I feel like coming back from down 2-0 against a very good team like the Bucks is is going to take a lot out of you. And the Heat just have something this year. I don't know what it is, but they have something. I mean, that something is mostly Jimmy Butler, but... Like, they, they, they have something this year. And I want... I honestly want Heat Mavericks, even if I think... Because one... The, the worst case scenario is Celtics Warriors. That would be an insufferable final. Just as like a fan of neither team, Celtics Warriors would be an absolutely insufferable NBA final. Celtics Mavs. Really any combination involving the Celtics would be just dreadful to watch because I hate Boston and Boston sports. Like, despise that entire city. Not on the level of Pittsburgh, the Yankees, or the Raptors, but, you know, they're up there. The the Celtics have climbed in recent years, which is surprising, given my general hatred for the the Patriots and the Bruins and the Red Sox. (laughs) Like, it's a thing. I mean, my hatred for the Patriots has gone down because they're not good anymore. So maybe that's helped the Celtics kind of move up into third place behind the Red Sox and the Bruins. We'll get to the NHL later, but I'm glad the Bruins are out. Like, sure, we missed out on a a really good rivalry series between New York and Boston, but like Carolina, New York is an underrated good series. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to more of that later. What was I saying? Oh yeah, my hatred for the Celtics. Any combination of Western Conference teams plus Celtics will probably be an absolutely insufferable NBA final. Like, the Heat aren't ESPN favorites anymore now that LeBron, Wade, and Bosch are all gone. Like, they're much more they're much more tolerable. And everyone's hating on Eric Spolstra, despite the fact that like, I like Eric Spolstra as a coach. And he does not get enough credit for the Heat dynasty that was born out of LeBron, Wade, and Bosch teaming up. He really doesn't. Because, think about it this way. Those are three gargantuan egos. Plus the rest of that team. With, like, Mario Chalmers, Ray Allen. Like, that was... That was a team of massive egos, even, even with like the second tier guys. And he got them to work together because think about it this way. The heat never had the annual January drama that they would have a January slump, but there was never any drama about it. It was like, yeah, we're resting. Cause we know we're going to be the one seed anyway. 
why push so hard in January? Like, we'll turn it back on after the All-Star break. For those few years, during LeBron's second run in Cleveland, every year you were guaranteed some kind of weird drama would happen in, like, mid-January. I don't remember any of that happening with the Heat when he was during his run in Miami. Like, I really don't. Those few years during his second run in Cleveland, every single January, you were guaranteed some weird drama and they would go on like a four or five game losing streak and lose like six out of 10. Like it was weird. I don't remember that ever happening in Miami. Heck, 2012-13, they went on one of the longest winning streaks in NBA history where, and I think during that same stretch, LeBron was shooting... LeBron was shooting around 50% from the floor every night for like a month. And that was in the winter. That was in like January, February and end of March a little bit. Like I remember because ESPN had to be all insufferable trying to compare what the Heat were doing to what the Blackhawks were doing at the beginning of the lockout season. And I had to had to suffer through Stephen A. Smith trying to talk about hockey on Twitter. But like Eric's, my point still remains, Eric Spolstra does not get enough credit for the success of that Heat dynasty. They, uh, they really, they really don't. Like he really doesn't. Everyone credits LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, which they were a, a key piece. Like, if you just have Eric Spolstra and an average team, that run isn't happening. But also, if you have those players and you don't have Eric Spolstra, that run also doesn't happen. They needed each other. So I hope he gets the respect he deserves with another Heat championship that he did without LeBron James. But uh, that was a surprisingly long-winded NBA segment. I did not expect to be able to talk that much about NBA, even if it was me, me playing what if a little bit. But that's what I got for the NBA. Oh yeah, uh, actual predictions... Actual predictions, I think it, I think it's going to be Heat Warriors. That's my actual prediction. I want Heat Mavericks because I feel like that would be more fun. Just because it'd be two teams we haven't seen in the finals in 10 plus years. Like, when was the last time the Miami Heat made the NBA Finals? Like, the last time the Mavericks w- went there... They won. When was the last time they made conference titles? 2020, that one doesn't count. Okay, so 2014. Let's see, who did they... Okay, they lost to the Spurs in 2014. That's right. Because the Spurs choked in 2013 and then came back in 2014 and won against the Heat. 2020 doesn't count. 2020 doesn't count. The Lakers win in 2020 doesn't count. Like, I I don't count 2020. The last time they played in a real conference final was eight years ago. How long has it been for the Mavericks? This is, I know this is wonderful audio. 
Dallas Mavericks. When was the last? 2011. So yeah, it's been 11 years. The last time, the last time they went to the, to the championship, to the, uh, to the championship series, they won. So, uh, yeah, I hope. So it's been at minimum eight years since we've had the heat in a real NBA final. Cause the NBA world has generally accepted that we don't count 2020 much like fight club and Bruno. We don't talk about 2020. It's it's weird that that's happened. Like the NHL absolutely counts the light, like the, the general hockey community generally counts the 2020 Stanley cup, but basketball does not count the Lakers 2020 championship. Probably because the Lightning went back to back and have a chance to go three in a row. But uh, we'll get into NHL a little bit later. That's it for the NBA. Up next, uh, we'll get into some CDL action. Uh, I have no freaking clue what's going on. There's there's your preview. That's coming up next here on the mashup. All right, let's uh, let's switch things up here. Talk some Call of Duty League, and uh, like I said. After the first week of qualifiers for Major 3, I have no freaking clue what's going on. Other than the very top, Optic and Face, and the very bottom, Paris, I have no idea who's good and who's bad. Like, I, I have no clue. Like, I genuinely have no idea. Like, Florida's on a bit of a downswing kind of but not really like they've always been kind of middle of the pack you know for most for their entire existence in the CDL that they've been that team that you can never re- them and them in Minnesota have been those teams where you're like you never know who you're gonna get like you could get you could get moments like uh that awesome moment on on raid last year when you had Miles just screaming the uh the SoFi meme about uh Skies. Because Skies just like popped off on uh it was it was on ring. It was right in the center of raid. And he just went off and you have that incredibly meme-tastic call by Miles of him just screaming, his name is Caesar Skies Bueno, and he invests in his game. Like such a great call because we all hated that commercial. Like if you were a, if you were a COD League fan and you actually unironically liked the my name is Caesar Skies Bueno and I chose to invest in my game commercial, please tweet me. I want to know that you actually exist. Because I don't believe anyone does. Like I feel like people actually like there were two main commercials that became memes in the CDL. It was Sky's SoFi and Hearthstone Descent of Dragons. That's it. Like those two became memes. All the others we just all acknowledge sucked. Like, and I feel like a lot more people unironically liked Descent of Dragons, but that's also me. Like, I unironically liked the Descent of Dragons ad. 
I I very much did not like the SoFi Skies ad. <laughs> but yeah, I have I have no clue. Like I have no clue what LAG are. Like they got swept twice this weekend, but at the same time they they just won the last freaking major. Like I don't know what London are. I, I don't know what I don't know what Toronto and Seattle are. Like I I don't know I can't figure this out. I can't wrap. Hopefully this weekend clears things up because like actually, no, there's, it might clear things up a little bit because if Minnesota, if Minnesota can go two and oh this weekend, I'll buy in. Uh, LAG's got, a relatively easy schedule with Florida and Paris. Like NYSL, I have no clue what the frick they are. Like they, they just won the pro-am and they lost, like they lost to Atlanta in, they lost to Atlanta. What last Friday, but like losing to Atlanta, especially online, like that's to be expected because Atlanta as the two majors so far this year have kind of proven Atlanta's firmly an online team this year. Like I, I genuinely believe like Atlanta's an online team this year. Like, yeah, they got, they got wins at the optic major, but I feel like optic versus phase was just destined to be the final of that, of that event. They had a terrible showing in, in Minnesota. Actually, yeah, they made the finals again. I forgot they I forgot they made it that far. Everyone was cheering for LAG now. <laughs> they they did not have a very good showing at uh they did not have a great showing at Pro Am, but Pro Am's also single a limb, so and their their first match was against Optic. Like them and Optic are firmly the two best teams in the league. Like that's that's undeniable. And then Paris is firmly the worst. <laughs> Because it is a 30-point gap between them and NYSL at this point. Like, that is a three-win gap between 11th and 12th place. That is very rare in the CDL. Normally, the big gap is between 4th and 5th. <laughs> the big gaps are usually between 4th and 5th and 8th and 9th. <laughs> Those are where the two big gaps are. Right now, 8th, 9th, and 10th are tied, and they are only 10 points back of the two teams who are tied for 6th and 7th. So, CDL is a lot better overall this year. It's not as, like, the first two years of the CDL, it was top four, middle four, bottom four. Every year. Like, both of the first two years of the CDL, there were the top four. It was usually uh, first year that was probably Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, and I don't even remember who else was good in season one. But it was the three of them for sure. Uh, last year it was Atlanta, Toronto, Dallas, honestly, Minnesota. 
was was your top four. And then this year, it's not a top four. It's a top two. But three through 11 are all significantly better than they were the first two years. So it's a very weird year in the CDL. Like, it's a 45-point drop between Optic and London. That's a... That's four and a half games. Or not four and a half. That's that's four games in a tournament win. They, uh... It's now, four games and then some. I don't know what the actual math checks out to, but... Yeah, how do you earn how do you earn CDL points? Oh, that's what does it. How they how you place at the major. That's what it is. Yeah, that's that's a decent sized drop. That's what? Uh basically the difference between second and third place. Because it's 50 and 40. Winning is 65. Like that's a it's a big boon to anyone who can actually pick it up. And you can you can see the two teams who have won majors because they're the only ones with fives in their point totals. <laughs> but this weekend, I don't know how much it's going to clear up because it's more of just the teams I'm not sure about playing each other. <laughs> or just teams I am sure about playing each other. Like... Let's see. Who else is playing Optic? Or does Optic only have the one game? Optic only has the one game, and it's their bounty match against FaZe. Yeah. Um, that's... And then Boston versus FaZe might tell me a little bit about Boston, depending on how they do. But, like, I'm literally not sure about anyone else. I can kind of go off what's been happening. But the Pro-Am through such a spanner and everything because like certain teams just did not have great showings at this event who have genuinely been considered to be good over the course of this season, i.e. Seattle, like Seattle in particular, <laughs> like Seattle did not have a good tournament because <laughs> they, they went 0-3. They lost to FaZe, which understandable. They lost to Toronto, understandable. Well, they lost to Strike X. That's not understandable. And it wasn't five games either. They 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 lost 3-1. So I don't know what the hell Seattle is anymore. Hopefully we'll hopefully we'll find out more this weekend. And they pushed Toronto to five. But man, I don't know. Same thing with LA Thieves. Like they beat London, who are supposed to be good, but have kind of kind of started to slip. Really since, really since like the second major, because they didn't have, how'd they, how'd they do with the second major? Look at the bracket. Oh, they were, they were a, ugh, they, they did not have a, their only win in the bracket stage of the major was, uh, actually no, it's the entire thing. Their only win at the major was against Paris. Like they, and they didn't take a single map off of Florida or LAG. So I don't know what the heck London's been up to. They didn't have, if I recall, they didn't have the best showing at the Pro-Am either. No, they, I don't even think they made it into the bracket stage of the Pro-Am at all. They didn't. And Paris did. 
Ooh, that's a bad look for London. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully this weekend will clear things up a little bit, but it would have to be some of these teams sweeping or just like losing one map close, like losing control close because of, because of tick progress, because control is bullshit. And then winning the two hard points and the one search pretty definitively. Like if you get that from any of these teams this weekend, it's like, okay, I have a pretty good idea of who you are right now in the season. Like say Toronto, Toronto has two games. Toronto has two games this weekend, one against New York, one against Minnesota. If they, if they go three, one against Minnesota, where they only lose control and they lose control three, two. And it was, it was very close and it just came down to controls generally bullshit. Just, just bullshit. Cause control sucks. The ru- the rumors are that uplink is going to be an MW two MW 22. Sorry. And uh, I can't wait. I, I desperately need uplink back in a, in a competitive capacity, even if it's not jetpacks, like, Halo, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Halo Ball in Halo 2 Anniversary proves you can do an uplink-type game mode without jetpacks. And I know Halo 2 Anniversary had Forge and you could make maps special for it, but like if you can do CTF, you can do uplink. It's just a more fun version of CTF. Like It's still balancing offense-defense the same general premise like you don't need jetpacks to do it properly like you can still have the throw versus dunk point differential because even without jetpacks running into whatever this goal is going to look like is still a bigger risk than throwing it because you're exposing yourself for longer and making it easier to shoot you because you're probably sprinting and sliding because I feel like sliding is still going to be in this game even if wall running and bunny hopping and boost jumping and all that other stuff are not. But hopefully this weekend clears things up because I don't know what the frick is going on right now. Like London needed five games to beat Paris. That was their only win. It was their only win this weekend. Well, they only played two games, but Still, if you need five games against Paris and you've generally been considered a good team up to this point in the season, uh, it's time to take a look in the mirror. I say, as I'm pretty sure LA Thieves have lost to Paris at some point this season, but they did. They took a look in the mirror and they changed things because they were very bad in stage two. And they got swept by Rocker on Sunday. So I don't freaking know. I do not know. But I love that our bounty match is Seattle Surge because I feel like I feel like that's fitting just given Octane's history with them and the fact that LA Thieves just could not beat them last year. Same with LAG. <laughs> I mean, LA Thieves were just bad last year given the constant roster changes. But I see if I see some potential for some good matchups here. Like obviously Optic versus Vaze will never be bad. NYSL versus Toronto should be fun, depending on which version of NYSL shows up. Legion versus Gorillas is going to suck. 
Legion versus New York is going to suck. I don't know why the hell that's a bounty match. Like, NYSL's winning that. Uh, Breach versus London should be fun because that would actually help me maybe get kind of a read on who these teams are <laughs> heading into uh, heading into the third major. But man, I don't know. And I mentioned them earlier. Speaking of the subliners, whoo boy, it's a mess. Because now Krim and Clay are just straight up openly feuding with each other. And like not trying to hide it. At all. And a lot of a lot of he said he said. Cause uh it's hard to tell who's telling the truth because they're just straight up contradicting each other. Saying like Oh, Clay sent a, a picture of him giving the finger and laughing to to uh, Hydra after NYSL got bounced from the last major. But Clay says, oh, I haven't talked to Paco since I got benched. So I don't know what the frick is going on there. Uh, keep the popcorn on standby because I don't think this is over. Like, this is not over. I, I, I said it on Twitter for... Uh, for the Barstool fans who don't know what Rough and Rowdy is, or for non-Barstool fans who don't know what Rough and Rowdy is, look it up. Because I feel like that or something similar is the only way this Crim Clay beef gets settled. I really do. But this, this is a mess. Like you got you got Crim talking crap about Clay on the flank, just live with Zuma. Meanwhile, Clay's tweeting along with it saying, basically saying, you're a fucking liar. So I, I don't know. I really don't know. This is two of the best players of all time, just at each other's throats. And like stylistically, they're very different. So putting them on the same team was, was had a very high chance of ending like this. But I can't say I expected it to get this bad. <laughs> But that's what I got for the Call of Duty League. Up next, we'll uh, switch gears back over to traditional sports and uh, talk a little NHL. It's coming up next on the mashup. All right, NHL time. Let's uh, let's get into this, shall we? Um, so <laughs> the thing that made me laugh the hardest, honestly, was Toronto choking again because <laughs> they had a lead. They had a lead and they blew it again. Like, what was the, what was the series score? Series score was three to two. Series score was three to two heading into, heading into game six. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get it done again. Like once they, once they lost in overtime, I think we all kind of knew it was over. Maple Leafs fans were definitely resigned to the fact that, oh, crap. Here we go again. Because for the first couple games of this series, they were trading blowouts with the Lightning. 5-0, 5-3, 5-2, 7-3. Like, that is win-loss, win-loss. First four games of the series. They won the odd-numbered games by a combined score of 8 and uh, they lost the even-numbered games by a combined score of six. 
it, it was a very Maple Leaf series. And then once it, like, like I said, once they lost, once they lost game six in overtime in Tampa, that was it. Series over. There's no way they win, even back home in Toronto. That's just, let's just look at it this way. I looked it up to confirm just to make sure I didn't miss one, especially with the weird playoff format of 2020. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series since 2004 was before the lockout that ended the entire 2004 season. So the last time they won a playoff series would have been the summer of 2004, meaning currently 24-year-old Austin Matthews was six years old. Think about think about that. Hey, he was born in 97, but he has a September birthday. So he had not turned seven yet. He's going to turn 25 right before this se- this next season, right before the 2022 season starts. So yeah, he was, um, he was six years old. He was uh, six and a half. He was, yeah, he was closer to his seventh birthday than he was his sixth. But point is he hadn't even turned seven years old yet. He would have just been finishing up the first grade in Arizona. So, um, think about that. (laughs) Think about that when you, uh, when you want to make fun of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Currently 24 year old Austin Matthews was just finishing up the first grade. The last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won a playoff series. They may never win one again. Like for one of the all time considered all-time great original six franchises. I think they have the second most Stanley Cups out of everyone. What is it? Total total number of Stan, total number of Stanley Cups by team. They have Okay, so they've been to uh it's split between the Toronto St. Patrick's and the Maple Leafs. Like that's how far back this goes. They were still the Toronto St. Patrick's. Uh, they have 13. They have 13. Montreal has 23. Detroit has 11. Chicago and Boston both have six. Pittsburgh and Edmonton both have five. The Islanders and the Rangers both have four. Then it keeps on going down. Tampa has three. Tampa, New Jersey, and Ottawa all have three. Uh, Colorado, LA, Philly, the Montreal Maroons, and the Seattle Metropolitans, two teams who don't even exist anymore, uh, all have two. And it goes all the way down to the very bottom with the... A lot of teams actually just have one. The Ducks, the Hurricanes, the Capitals, the Flames, the Stars, the Blues, and the Victoria Cougars, who also no longer exist. So that's, uh, there you go. They they have the second most out of anyone. And yet the last time they won one was 1967. Where there were only six teams in the league 
and four of them made the playoffs. <laughs> That's how long it's been. That's how long it's been. <laughs> they have the second most out of anyone in the history of the NHL. And yet they haven't won one in over 50 years. It's 55 years. And that's going to continue because they're out. So if by some miracle of God they win one next year, the streak will end at 19 years, no playoff series. <laughs> And 56, no Stanley Cup. But they're not winning next year. So that number is going to continue probably past 20 and past 60. Like, let's be honest here. I I know I can't throw stones in my glass house because the Flyers Stanley Cup drought is is pushing 50. It's, it's going to hit 50 in three years because they're not competing within the next three years. So I know the Flyers drought's going to hit 50. But I still like making fun of Toronto because it makes me feel better. And let's uh, let's talk about one of the other Eastern Conference series. Uh, Penguins-Rangers. A division rivalry that dates back to the 1967 expansion when uh, the Penguins were really bad. The Penguins were really bad until they got Mario Lemieux. Like, that's how bad they were. They did not win a game in Philadelphia until they drafted the consensus second best player of all time in 1982. Took them 15 years to win a game in Philly. They have significantly improved since then. They have multiple Stanley Cups now. And their fan base loves to remind... The Flyers fans, oh, you've never seen the Flyers win a cup. Fuck you, Mark Madden. Yeah, there goes, there goes, <laughs> oh, look, what minuscule chance I had of ever getting a job in the Pittsburgh market just got flushed down the toilet. <laughs> and the the rest of me talking about this series is, is then going to somehow fish that out of the toilet, throw it in the sink, put it through the garbage disposal, take it out, and then flush it down the toilet again. Um... Penguins fans, you did not lose that series because of a few missed calls in game seven. You were up 3-1. And they were not headhunting. It was a it, it wasn't a the most clean hit on Crosby, but Crosby is one of the dirtiest players in the history of the NHL. And you and the NHL refusing to acknowledge that fact is part of the reason why everyone hates him. He is constantly tripping, cheap shotting, slew footing. Slew footing is a five minute major and, a, and an ejection for a reason. You could really mess up someone's foot and ankle by doing that. Like you almost never see it. I did ACHA games for five years. A much more physical, less calm version of hockey. ACHA games are physical and they are loaded with fights. You know how many times I saw someone get called for slew footing in the hundreds of ACHA games I have been to once. And it was justified, but there was never a missed slew footing call in the ACHA. 
I saw it happen once and the guy got ejected. Crosby does it all the time. Crosby trips like just because Crosby got drilled. Like that wasn't headhunting. That was hitting the best player on the other team who happened to have the puck at the time. Like in the moment, it wasn't even a penalty. I don't think. No, it was because there was still, there was still some elbow involved. Like it was, it was not a clean hit, but it was not, it was not the violent Tom Wilson, Sean Avery-esque assault Penguins fans are claiming it to be. And oh no, your guy lost his helmet and that ended up leading to a Rangers goal that eventually forced overtime. Or no, it it didn't force overtime because that game just ended 5-3. That that ended up leading the Rangers to a win. Yeah, um, if he had just put his helmet up back on, which he has every right to do, like if your helmet comes off, it is in the rule that if you have the opportunity, you can grab it and throw it back on and not have to skate back to the bench. He had every opportunity to skate away, grab his helmet and put it back on and not have to worry about doing the chin strap. Like TNT's rules analyst said this on the broadcast. If he had just stopped bitching for a second and put his helmet back on, he may have been able to be engaged in the play. It was a great shot by Zvenijad and Tristan Jari's Tristan Yari's glove is trash. Like, like my glove is about as good as Tristan Jari's. And I've never played goalie in soccer or hockey. I have never once, like, the last time I played goalie in any sport, I was six. I was, I was playing U6 soccer. It was probably U8, but I was playing U8 soccer in rural Maryland. Not exactly a hotbed of soccer talent. And I've never played hockey. And I feel like my glove is probably about as good as Tristan Jari's. Like, attack his glove side. That was the blueprint. The Rangers figured that out and they exploited it. Stop making excuses. Your window closed. And Ron Hextall is going to lowball most of your guys and they're all going to walk. And uh, your window just slam shut in your face. And sure, the Flyers... The Flyers don't have a window. They're not in their window right now. We just traded Claude Giroux. I know. You think I give a crap? Ooh, 1975, shove it. There's a reason the entire NHL hates you. There's a reason I was cheering for the Rangers. Like, at first in that series, I was like, oh, God, screw them both. Can this, can they just both lose? Can they just both be eliminated? And we just skipped straight to the Eastern Conference Finals with two teams I don't find repulsive. No, I, I was openly cheering for the Rangers by the end of that series. Now, that was a very temporary thing. I want the Hurricanes to win the next one because I feel like Kane's Lightning is a very fun Eastern Conference Final. Because now the Rangers fans are acting like... Uh, now the Rangers fans are acting like the entitled crybabies, honestly. Like, oh no, we can't. 
the the hurricanes are limiting tickets to North Carolina natives. Yeah. Well, what about the local economy? Raleigh's economy is fine. Like Raleigh, Charlotte, all these other cities in North Carolina, their economies are doing great. You know why? Because it's cheap. To, it's relatively cheap to live there. And a crap ton of millennials who don't have kids yet all moved there because they knew that. Like, like a crap ton of like younger millennials and older Gen Z who don't, who are like out of college, but don't have kids yet have moved to Charlotte and Raleigh because they're really cool cities. Their economy doesn't need an influx of New Yorkers for a couple days. They're good. Like Red Sox and Yankees fans say the same thing about Baltimore. We don't fucking want you at Camden Yards. And I think this is one of the few times that might not horrifically backfire. Because a couple times this has happened, it's by teams who do not get good attendance. Like Tampa did this against, I think it was... Uh, I don't remember who it was against, but it was against a much more popular team and it just didn't work. <laughs> didn't work at all. Horrifically backfired because no one gave a crap about the Tampa Bay Lightning at the time. Now they do. They've actually built up a real fan base in Tampa and uh, they have earned that with, uh, you know, back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. And... The Hurricanes are well on their way. Like, I know they had a better fan base in Hartford, or a a bigger fan base in Hartford anyway, but the NHL moved them to Carolina for a reason. I know it was part of, like, an experiment and all the WHA teams that had, came out, that had come over that weren't Edmonton were just bleeding money. Especially the two Canadian ones. And that's why we have... That's why we have the Coyotes... And we had the Atlanta Thrashers for a little while. Or no, the, or no, that's why we had the Avalanche. The, the, the Thrashers were an expansion team. The Thrashers moved and became the Jets. Like the, the new Jets. No, the... But that's why we have the Avalanche. And same thing. They've... I mean, Denver is a much more natural hockey market than Raleigh, North Carolina, but... And the abs are kind of firmly my pick to win the Stanley cup. That blue series, that series with them and the blues is going seven. That's probably the best series of this round of the playoffs. Cause I feel like, uh, I feel like lightning Panthers is already over. Like the atmosphere at the Panthers at, at the Panthers for game one, absolutely sucked. And they played like steaming hot garbage. And they're probably going to lose game two. And then when it goes back to Tampa, it's really over. And like Tampa's going to want to sweep because this is one of the few times you get to sweep at home. Like I know you'd much rather win a later round series at home, whether that's the conference final or the Stanley Cup final. You definitely want to win that at home. But I feel like Tampa is actually going to sweep this one. But honestly, my ranking of my ranking of series in this round is probably Avs Blues, just because I feel like that's the two best teams in the Western Conference. Flames Oilers, because 
you have the best player in the world, a probably friend, a guy who's just, and a guy who's just outside the top five, if we're being honest about Dreisaitl, in a rivalry series that we were robbed of two years ago because of the weird-ass Rona playoff format. Then you get Rangers-Hurricanes, which is an underrated rivalry, just by virtue of the Hurricanes formerly being the Hartford Whalers. Like, I feel like there's just some carryover residual, like, oh, you guys used to be from the general New England area, like, screw you. And that's also North versus South, traditional versus non-traditional. Like, that's that that's an underrated one. And Lightning versus Panthers, I was hyped about that because I figured, oh, these are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. And game one sucked. It's like, oh, the 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 President's Trophy champions, the best team of the regular season this year, and the team that won the last two Stanley Cups. This should be fun. First game ends in a 4-1 low-effort blowout. And it's probably only going to get worse. <laughs> now, what do you guys think? What, what's your... Uh, what, do you guys agree with me that Avs Blues is probably going to be the best series out of all of these? It's either that or Oilers Flames. Like, the two Western Conference series are significantly better than the two Eastern Conference series. Just because, like, two really good teams, old school rivalry with superstar talent... Budding rivalry, good ri- and which should be a rivalry, but one fan base doesn't give a crap and is significantly smaller. But yeah, let me know your opinions about these playoff series or uh, anything else I've talked about on the show today, because uh, that's all I've got. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. I should be back to streaming soon. I reason the show's a day late, the same reason I haven't streamed. I, uh, I got really drained at work over the weekend. So I'm, I feel like I'm back on a good track now. Uh, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, I will probably stream for a good amount of time later tonight. Again, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the day it comes out, I'll probably stream for a few hours tonight. And then, uh, I might stream a little bit over the weekend, but since I missed most of the games last weekend, I'm probably just going to spend a whole lot of time watching CDL. But I will be live tweeting. So uh, come by my Twitter if you want live reactions to uh, all the CDL bounty matches this weekend. But that's what I got for the show this week. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys next Wednesday. See you then.